I had a dream that I did that in the dream. You did a three, two, one I did clap. Three, in the two, dream. one clap. In and then the did dream. you did you become a, a lucid when you did that or no? Uh, usually, when I remember dreams, it means that I'm becoming lucid in the dream. Yeah, like that's why I remembered it. Yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. I do actually. I have like a certain amount of control of my dreams. I think we've talked about this. Yeah, I feel like we have, but like, yeah, but not full control. No, I can say though, like. I can stop bad things from happening, but it's not like I'm going to fly. Like people, I yeah, talk to yeah, people yeah. who really lucid dream and they're like, yeah, they fully realize they're dreaming and then start flying. I can't yeah, do yeah, that. Yeah. You can't fly and smooch ladies. Can't. No, I also don't. <laughs> I, don't I don't do that in my dreams either. <laughs> Dude, you're out of like, I have like the out of respect for my subconscious. I, can't, I really can't. I can't like. I you're, can't like cheat in dreams. You know what I mean? You're a better man than I. I mean, I don't cheat in dreams, but I certainly like. <laughs> You know, when I become lucid in dreams, I'm like, huh, anything you say. <laughs> <laughs> you tell you mean tell me anything is yeah. possible. But it's like my subconscious doesn't let me, but my conscious right. is like, anything you say. But your but your subconscious shuts it down, is what you're saying. Yeah. Well, in what way? What is that how does that manifest? Well, I just don't think I just have enough control to Oh, okay. It, you know, like I, I I never am that fully lucid. Also, when yeah. I'm so lucid that I can inception like warp cities infrastructure and like fly you, and all you that can stuff. You do that? When you're you that can lucid dream like that? People can, I can't. But like Oh, you can't. Okay. When I near that level of lucidness, my subconscious usually conjures up like a white blood cell virus and like these like <laughs> like agent smiths and ghouls and like they'll, they'll shut it down. Yeah, they'll like come after me and then it'll turn into like an anxiety panic dream where I'm running. Um Oh, really? Or the Wait, dream. So then you do do this. You start becoming lucid, and then it, your dreams say no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. My dream, like my subconscious, does not like it when I become lucid. And well, I've I never. You just said you don't become lucid, but you do. There was a period, you know, like I dabble in random dumb shit. Like the period of time where I dream journaled and like tried to be lucid, and I <laughs> really like consciously. That's like one of the few things that I was trying to do. The most lucid I I've been. There was like one or two times where I was successful and it was like non-confrontational and non-anxiety inducing. But okay. like the six other times, like ultimately there's no danger to it. But like it was just terror inducing because like this one oh. time my dream woke me up into the bedroom that I was sleeping in and then like attacked me with like ghouls and like boogeyman Wait, shapes. You, you inceptioned in your dream? I woke up in my dream. So I thought I was awake. Whoa. I've never done that. Yeah, it was a fuck. It was it pissed me off. I was like, "Fuck you, subconscious." It's like it's <laughs> kind of a dick thing to do, you know. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. I thought the Inception was the the, the uh, Christopher Nolan was the one who like came up with that. No, nah, but I, I think I, like there's some forums out there. Obviously, there's like Reddits of this stuff, but like it's a pretty common thing that your your subconscious like rejects lucidity in the beginning. Oh, so okay. like it's I think it's a relatively common like kind of like how your teeth falling out is like a common. Yeah. Like anxiety dream. Like I think um, mm -hmm. waking up in your own bed for people trying to onboard a lucid dreaming is like a pretty common thing. I see. Okay. Yeah. There's a, there's like this whole subculture around it. Like as you'd imagine, it's, it's really interesting. Yeah. My most recent, do you ever have dreams that like carry over into real life? Like you're not sure. Oh, that's trippy, like my, <laughs> that's some like Japanese my, <laughs> anime paprika shit. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know what you're talking yeah, about. I, I love that movie, but I recently had like a, a pooping dream like i really needed to poop and it, <laughs> that is not and it was like, you're gonna go with that <laughs> no <laughs> Dude, i just popped the mic was, so hard 
Yeah, and it was like, it was like I had to poop in the dream so bad yeah. that when I woke up, I I really didn't know if I had to poop or not, and so I did rush out of bed, go sit on the toilet, and like absolutely did not have to poop. <laughs> and it took me like a good ten seconds of sitting there, be like, nope, that was just the dream. That is really insane because I mean I regularly have. I got to pee dreams and then I wake up and I'm like, oh, my brain was telling me I needed to wake up and pee. Okay. So th- that's yeah. odd that you're, you dreamt that when you didn't need to. I didn't, I absolutely like, I could not, did not have any yeah. poop in me. Dude, would you mind yeah. not stopping sharing your screen? It's, it's, it's like, oh it's yeah, like sorry. Tri- it's like tripping me up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thanks for, thanks for the, um, the one-on-one on photography. Oh yeah, of course. Speaking of, uh, speaking of good dreams. Mm. Yes. This podcast, I know you all been dreaming about it coming back. <laughs> and we're back again. Bro, your segues, man. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, this is Avatar the First Viewing. We have a theme song and it goes like this. <laughs> Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. This is Avatar the First Viewing. This is the podcast where a first-time watcher of the show, Avatar The Last Airbender, goes through and watches the entire podcast from start to finish alongside an Avatar expert. I am your Avatar expert, Eli, and I'm going to go close the window. <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> You caught me off guard. I'm, I'm the Avatar newbie. <laughs> my name is Peter. What's up? Yo, and today we are talking about one of my favorite episodes. I love this episode. Season yeah. 3, Episode 5, The Beach. What an episode, man. Yeah. What are your overall thoughts? This episode was a treat. And yeah, I I kind of, hmm, I made the prediction last season that like there was going to be less episodes like this one, less episodes like the headband, like less kind of like mm-hmm. one off, like joyous. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Like I thought it was going to be brooding more dark, like more HBO, more A24, mm-hmm. like, you know, but it seems like there's 20 episodes they have time to do some like they're kind of like keeping you on edge. There's a big things coming and they yeah. let you know that there are big things coming, but like they're not talking about it and they're doing these kind of side things. Um, but I think ultimately, again, like they're just getting you to fall more in love with the characters, more in love with the show, more in love with the universe so that mm-hmm. when shit hits the fan and when, when the themes kind of hit, you're going to be moved. And like, Come on. I mean, like, this is a lovely, lovely episode. Very, I don't even know where to start, man. It's, um, I won't go to the newbie recap yet, but I loved it. It was like almost like the Fire Nation equivalent of like, not, it's not as, it's not as good as Tales of Bossing Say, but it, mm. it does get you to, it humanizes the, <laughs> the Fire Nation gang. Yeah. Azula squad. Uh, and like gets you to like really, I don't know. Yeah. Like really uh, This is the first time we have we get a lot more depth out of all these characters, this like kind of competing gang. Yeah. And I definitely want to talk more about that later, but I really think this episode is super crucial to the plot. Uh because we also have the the side plot with Aang and the uh the assassin that's going after them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But before we get into the, any of that, my overall thoughts are this is one of my favorite episodes. I really really like this episode. Because, I mean, we are all familiar with, like, anime beach episode, right? Every anime has it. <laughs> yeah. But it was also... And what does... Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, it's also very American. I mean, 
I think this yeah. show, this show is like one of the best shows for a lot. Like they're the best at a lot of things, but I think the thing that sticks out to me most is how well they blend classic American and classic Eastern tropes. Like mm-hmm. they just do it masterfully over and over and over again, um, mm-hmm. effortlessly almost. And like, I just felt like I was down the shore, like down the shore is like a New Jersey term, right? Like, yeah. When you go down to the beach and like you're on the, you know, stuck in my life on the boardwalk, like yeah. But it was also like very Goonies. It was, I don't know, it was very like American childhood, but also a lot of like Eastern tropes too. Anyway, it was so good. It was so good. Yeah, uh, I'm excited to get into it. But let's start out with our newbie recap. Peter, take us off. Yep, yep. Newbie recap: The Beach, season three, episode what is it? Four, five, five. Uh, okay, so Zuko, Tylee. May and Azula go to Ember Island, which is like this Fire Nation Hawaii, like White Lotus Island vibes. <laughs> um, and it's, it's, you know, it's like a bougie like resort where Fire Nation like yeah. rich kids go. The Hamptons, you know, that kind of vibe, Malibu. Mm-hmm. And the two old lady twin ladies basically are like, uh, the beach lets us find out who we truly are and get to know each other and shit. Smooths our Smooths our edges. edges, Even the roughest of edges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, basically, yeah, it's not high stakes world ending stuff. It's like teenagers, puberty teenagers go to the beach and like, you know, you're starting to like boys and girls. You're starting to get their attention. Mm. And like, there's jealousy, there's envy, there's party at the Chad's house. There's, you know, (laughs) flirting, there's, like, you know, there's a lot of things like that. And you get to see this vulnerable coming-of-age side of each of the characters. Which is very unique, especially to, like, Azula. Yeah. You know, this is the I first really time liked, she's yeah. been anything other than, like, a big villain. Yeah. And to be honest, like, she's pretty mature about it, too. Like, she's immature in a kind mm-hmm. of a mature way. Uh, we can get into it, but... Yeah. Yeah, so um, that's pretty much it. They go to a they go to a house party that these two like chads throw. Um, some some shenanigans ensue, um, and then they come out to the beach around a bonfire and trauma bond for a bit. Um, and you get to learn about each of their shit, um, which is really nice. And then they go back to the party and they like fucking trash it, which I thought was funny. <laughs> kind and of it weird, ends with but this like this like concept art drawing of all of them like smiling yeah. they're all best buds because yeah. they like burn the house down. yeah 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 but like all have their own like like tylee is like cheesing hard yeah may is it may what's her name yeah may may is like reluctantly like kind of smirking yeah. that's how it ends uh the Angang gang side they basically are just kind of i don't know often like the boonies or not even the boonies just like in the mountains like playing in the wall lakes and stuff and then uh and accidentally gets seen by these two peon like guards that are just in the mountains mm-hmm. for some reason. They send a hawk to the Fire Lord. The hawk gets intercepted by this really badass bigger hawk. <laughs> like the messenger hawk just gets fucking moited <laughs> by the assassin's hawk. Because the assassin understood the assignment, he knows that he needs to find and kill the Avatar without the Fire Nation knowing that it's alive. Yeah. Right? He's alive, right? Mm-hmm. So he tracks Aang down and starts attacking him and we find out what the eye is. It's like the Cyclops mm-hmm. and the sound effects around it are really cool. I don't, yeah, we don't really know how it works yet, but it basically like, like laser fucking like <laughs> piercing sonic boom shit. And it ex- explodes. It's, it's the same idea as fireball from D and D it's like you choose a point yeah. within range and then it explodes from that point. Yeah. Right? But there is, but there is some sort of animation that implies that it, something it, shoots it out. Shoots. 
yeah, yeah it's not it's not like instantaneous it goes, yeah, yeah it's yeah. not firing on the way there it no no no, no, some no. yeah energy shoots out and yeah. it explodes from a point yeah 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 it's like it's this a like big powerful explosion boom it's a right? big boomy yeah he's a he's like a really much more intimidating foe than they've almost yeah ever it's, faced. it's the it's the scariest yeah. enemy that that they've shown yeah and he's got these big metal boots on <laughs> i really like toss one line that was like you guys are gonna say i'm crazy but I think a metal man is coming. Yeah. Uh, because he's got these big metal boots. Yeah, and he chases Aang down, but Aang gets away because really cool, like the slow-mo shots that they did where like Aang like airbends around it to ignite the boom and uses the boom as like rocket jump to get away. Like they, he does that a few times. Still notably, he just does not firebend. And yep. I know they're saving that. I know they're saving that. But he does not firebend. He earth spends a bit. He 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 does not waterbend, but they get away like and they're like that was random and then Katara's like i get yeah. a feeling he knew who we were um yeah. that's the end of that so the the laser man third eye cyclops laser man metal man is is chasing them that, that's the ang gang side yeah so predictions off of this let's start with ang gang they yeah. got away but he's still out there what do you think is going to happen yeah i think i i don't think He's going to come back every episode, but I think like every other episode, he's going to make an appearance. Mm-hmm. Eventually, the way that they're writing him, he's not Commander Zhao that can just be like, you know, wah, wah. he's not <laughs> Team Rocket that goes flying off again, you know, like, oh, we, oh curses. They yeah, escaped. <laughs> yeah. This is not if it weren't for you meddling kids like you've activated yeah. my no, track he's trying card. to kill them. That's like, his mission. Yeah. Right? No, he's like, yeah, no, I'm going to murder you if I can. Like, <laughs> I thought this was going to be like serious this season was going to be serious from the get-go yeah but i think what's happening is like they're using the early like there's 20 episodes right like the early half it's going to be like more like cheery and fun and like developing love for these characters yeah uh so i think they're going to do that for like three to four more episodes but they're going to mm-hmm. use this guy as a plot device to like get the the danger still yeah there, yeah, yeah, right? yeah like the danger still here not only that it's gaining on you this episode is like them being like okay this guy's gonna like start to gain on ang not only mm-hmm. like physically, but like he's he's not dumb. Like he's he's smart, and he's gonna like learn th- his tactics. Like mm-hmm. you you get that from this episode, right? Mm-hmm. So I I think that they're gonna get into another altercation that feels even more life or death. Like this didn't really seem life or death. Mm-hmm. This just seemed a little scary, right? Yeah. And then I think it's gonna force them into a corner where like that. Like I think he might be the force that causes Ang to be like, I gotta firebend if I don't want to die. Yeah. And like they're mm-hmm. gonna like more because they're not even actively looking for a firebending master right now. No, um, but I think like they're gonna from mm-hmm. because because to overcome this guy. That's yeah. This is his destiny. He still needs to learn fire. Yeah, that's my prediction. Cool. If it is one. All right. And then we have a lot more. Like we really sunk into Zuko, obviously the most Azula, and then also Ty Lee and Mang. Why well, I said Mang? <laughs> Mang is the Mang is another character. May. Who's Mang? Mang, if you remember, the fortune teller was oh. like the fortune teller's assistant, who was voiced by Toph. Oh, very, uh, yeah. very specific memory. That's uh, trivia yeah. right there. Hey, that's why I'm the Avatar expert. Anyways. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, don't forget it. And don't you forget it. Um, and don't you forget it. Yeah. <laughs> a prediction for them. I mean, based on this episode, there's not much to predict other than like maybe... Like, I think previously I, I predicted that, like, Azula is just, like, a two-dimensional evil person. And they just, like, yeah. in the resolution, they treat her as such and just, like, have her 
like neutered and spayed in, in a jail cell somewhere. Yeah. I, I don't necessarily think that's gonna be the case anymore. Uh huh. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, we do. There hmm. are some developments. There's this. I think this episode is chock full of developments. But maybe that's me knowing the ending. But so Ooh, we, we get a few things, a few new anything, things, bro. Like uh, the no, one plot thing. I just mean, based you... off of what this episode gives you. Okay? okay. Okay. Well. Okay. Let me think this through. So yeah. Let's kind of go through their fucking baggage. Yeah, yeah. May says that she had a great childhood, so she doesn't complain, blah, blah, blah. And then she's like, as long as I behaved and was, you know, yeah. didn't speak until spoken to, like, she was an only child, got a lot of attention and, like, had a good life, but, like, certainly has a chip on her shoulder about how she needed to, like, be proper, silent girl. Yeah. Well-behaved. Um you know, we can, re- we can, like, the viewers can resonate, or at least one of the mm-hmm. archetypes of the viewers, right? That's why she's afraid to, like, emote, express herself, or really care about anything. She's, like, bad at, yeah. like, resonating and being becoming passionate about stuff. It's, and Zuko accuses this of her many times. She's yeah. like, you don't, you don't care about anything. She's yeah. just late. Even when, like, her, like, primary mission of, like, tagging along with Azula yeah. and going after the Aang gang, like, if they, when she was in the Earth Kingdom... And they like kind of cornered them. Yeah, she's, she's like, like, yeah, whatever. go ahead. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So I think apathy can be a good defense mechanism to being hurt, mm-hmm. and she shows that here mm-hmm. because when Azula calls it out really bluntly and directly, she does get fired up a bit, which like yeah. turns Zuko on. He's like, I like it when you <laughs> express yourself, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mister um, Hothead. Yeah, Mister Hothead, and then Mister um, Flamio. I actually re- thought Ty Lee's. Shit was the best because she seems yeah. like the most healthy. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. So her thing is that she has uh, six or five or six other sisters that are, look exactly like her. Mm-hmm. Like I, it seems like she said like I did. I barely even knew like the parents barely even knew their names apart or something like that. Like yeah, she joined the circuit. They make they like all fucking rip her apart. They all like bully her. Yeah. And she's like, yeah. well, I joined the circus because I didn't want to be just a part of a set. Like, I wanted to do my own thing, mm-hmm. which I get that. You know, you can kind of tell that, like, pe- they're shitting on her because she's always, like, happy-go-lucky and joyous. But, like, yeah, you can also see that, like, that was something that she developed because, like, yeah, it was tough for her sometimes. And, like, that's mm-hmm. was how she coped or something. Yeah. So that's her thing. Azula is, one, it's like she... She's a bit jealous and she has a, you see this in a lot of like strong, like outspoken girls at that age where because Mm -hmm. they are like more extroverted, more like charismatic, blah, blah, blah. Like boys find that intimidating and would rather go talk to the giggly, bubbly, uh, Ty Lee type. So she, she finds that a little jealous. She says as much at the party to Ty Lee, Mm -hmm. but she is also either open-minded or psychopathic enough to get advice from Ty Lee and immediately try yeah. laughing at jokes that aren't funny and complimenting the Chad guy on his strong this, arms. This episode basically just shows that she's a fucking weirdo. Like even yeah. outside of like the, the Aang gang context, yeah. she doesn't know how to like act. Yeah. Normally. Yeah. Like, yeah, besi- yeah. Besides be like being around her family and being praised. Yeah. 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 Around other people. She's not. She's got a, she's got in Korean. They call it or like it's, it's like like the like yeah. the prince syndrome or like princess syndrome. I guess yeah. that's kind of intuitive. Right. Like basically like she's used to being being doted on or like being praised mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. her weirdness is very like 
her being obsessed with like world domination is like very contextually makes a lot of sense in her family, yeah. you know, and it's fine. Mm-hmm. But it's like, dude, you're you're at the beach, like what the fuck? Like, <laughs> like yeah, chill. Yeah, that's her, that's basically her her arc. This episode is like, yeah, yeah, hey, yeah. maybe chill out a bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then you also learn that uh, she has she's hold, held on to the fact that like Zuko's mom loved Zuko more than her. Her mom too. Or that, that's what I meant. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Their mom loved Zuko more than her. Yeah, which is a very common Asian daughter really? in, a, in a male. Dude, my sister has said the same <laughs> shit to me. Like, really? Okay. Yeah, not even. It's not even that. Like, my mom loved our our mom loved me more than her. But it's like there's a different treatment type of thing. Okay, I'm not really aware of this. I don't. I'm yeah. curious about like this. Uh, not stereotype, but um. Uh, I'm not sure what to call it. Yeah, phenomenon. It's definitely not just a Asian thing or not just a Korean thing, Mm -hmm. but like you know, traditional patriarchal societies value, especially like East Asia, they value um, sons more, right? Mm -hmm. So my mom wasn't like that or like blatantly like that, but like there are some certain things that bleed through, right? And I think this is like you know in all societies or all modern societies too, but like. I would say my extended family, like my grandma and my grandparents, my aunts and uncles, like they slightly had this, I mean, they showered us both with love, but like my grandparents definitely favors like sons and like show that like just like little things they'll say are like, you know, very like lifting you up and like praising you to be this like grandiose big person in the future. Your success is more important to them than a daughter's success. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And like maybe they'll like give me the last piece of fruit more Got often it. or something. Okay. I don't know. Like it's it, it sounds stupid to like say it like that, but like, you know, stuff like that. So here's like a good example of so th- this is an anecdote that my sister told me and like mm-hmm. this is probably too personal to say on a podcast, but like whatever. <laughs> Sorry, Holly. Or fuck. <laughs> Sorry, sister. <laughs> Sorry, sister. Um so like we grew up like uh, immigrant family. Like we grew up like, you know, like paycheck to paycheck. Like we were mm-hmm. financially like pretty strapped, like growing up. So when my sister was like 16, 17, when you get like your permit license yeah. in Jersey, um, you basically have to go on like six hours of like trained yeah. driving or something mm-hmm. before with you can get your, your parent. Permit. Yeah. 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 With, with, with somebody. Right. Right. Okay. So in, in, in Jersey, what you do is like you call up a school and have like an instructor like do it. Oh, okay. But that costs like several hundred dollars, right? Mm. To do that whole thing. And my mom told my sister that like they're too strapped and like she can't really afford it. Like we can't really mm. afford it. So like I'm sorry, but please understand, right? Mm-hmm. Um and my sister like was like, Yeah, like I under what can I do? Our family is like strapped. Mm-hmm. Um, so she said no. Or like she understood and like she didn't do it. Mm-hmm. When I was seventeen, similarly, my mom was like Peter, like we're we're really strapped. I'm sorry, and I just was like, no, I'm I'm not taking that. I'm not taking no for an answer. Like, there's no yeah. world in which like we, I don't do this. Uh-huh. And I think that like really struck her. One because like it didn't cross her mind that she could say no, or like she yeah. could like force my mom to like move money around and like make like you know it just mm-hmm. didn't cross her mind and like. Mm-hmm. For me, it was out of like ignorance and like arrogance, yeah. you know, and entitlement, to be honest, right? Yeah. To be like, I know we're strapped for cash and you're stressed about like <laughs> meeting our credit card bills, but like because I'm, I am a 
because I want to yeah. be normal within exactly. the context of my suburban high school and like drive around, mm-hmm. like I will not be a second class citizen senior <laughs> in high school that I can't drive around. Like I demanded it. Right. And it, yeah. like, like, you know, we're good now. And like, I don't know how they made, you know, made it happen, but like we made it happen. Right. Yeah. And it's not so much that like what shook my sister isn't so much that like my mom allowed it for me, but not for her. Cause that mm. would be too simple. Right. It's more that like, she was like, what is it about our personalities and the way that we were raised? And like the, 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 what was it about the messages that are ingrained in me versus her mm-hmm. that like allowed me to feel confident and comfortable pushing for it yeah. and her not. Mm. Right. And like, that might be like some innate, like gender differences, like assertion versus assertiveness yeah. versus not. But like, there's certainly, I think aspects of like me being perhaps more praised for yeah. being a go-getter, being, you know, like all those that things. You felt, that gained you the confidence to yeah. do that. Yeah. Right. And I think this is one silly anecdotal example of when we were mm-hmm. kids, but I think like this is very much similar to probably the way that uh, Azula feels for Azula. Yeah. Because even though she feels she's merit based has yeah. done better than him consistently, she was yeah. better than him at everything. Mom still gives Zuko more love. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't necessarily know if, I don't know, maybe my mom, maybe my sister feels that my mom gives me more love, but, uh, I would not see it that way, but like Zuko probably doesn't either. Right. <laughs> yeah. But I will say like, this is certainly a trope within, Especially this flavor that Azula has, yeah. definitely a thing within, dude. Most, I'm most familiar with Korean Americans because I'm Korean, mm-hmm. but like most Korean girls our age that I talk to, yeah, that have a brother, very similar, very similar really? chip on their shoulder. Really, yeah. not not to like overgeneralize, but like, yeah, very much a thing. Did not know that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's part of our. I don't know, culture, heritage, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Um, which, you know, maybe perhaps made more sense back in the day, but is a bit mm-hmm. antiquated now. But so there's sure. that. I mean, taking a big detour there. <laughs> no, that th- these are the, uh, the insights that I love and I think n- we need as much as yeah. we can get. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's that's like what makes this show good and like makes <laughs> this podcast like kind of the point of this podcast, I think, to share. Exactly have this show be the connector that allows us to share more about each yes. other. Way easier that way. Yeah. What else are we talking about? Uh, Zuko, n- nothing too new about Z- It's more of, it's more of the same. It's not that you don't learn more about him, but, um, Oh, something we should have talked about is, uh, when he, when they get kicked out from the party, Zuko is like, Zuko gets kicked out first, I think for throwing a tantrum about may talking to some other guy. He sees his old beach house. He goes in. It's all dusty and crappy. And there's a painting mm-hmm. of his uh, family, including his mom, from when he was like a toddler and they used to come here. And he brings some of that shit down to the bonfire to burn it, which is like so fucking emo, dude. Like, yeah. He, him and May, this episode, were so emo, dude. Emo together. So emo together, yeah. but also against each other. Like, mm-hmm. come on. Because he, he burns it and then Tylee basically calls him out immediately. It's like, yeah. He's like, I don't care about this. Like, yeah, you do, Zuko. Like, yeah. why are you doing this? You know? I like that Ty Lee, this episode, wasn't... Like, she had a spine. I like that. Yeah. You know? And mm-hmm. she was her own person, despite being... Or, not despite, but, like... Yeah. Like, I think maybe in the past, they kind of portrayed her as, like, maybe being a filler. 
like mm-hmm. NPC, but like she was her own person. She was like, yeah, you do Zuko. Like, yeah. Why are you doing that? <laughs> like, cause that is weird to just burn your family portrait. Exactly. Yeah. Including like, he definitely, he like, definitely loves... really misses his mother. Yeah, exactly. Oh, very significantly. They all have like, he's like, in this like fight or flight activated mode, and they're like, "Who are you angry at? Who are you angry at? Tell us, Zuko. Tell us, Zuko. Are you angry at me? Are you angry at the Fire Nation? Are you angry at your dad? Tell me." And he's like, "I'm angry at me." Ah. Yes. And he says, "Like I'm angry at myself because I'm confused and I don't know what's right or wrong anymore." And like, <laughs> it's a big turning point, I think. Yeah. Right. Big turning point because it's um he are he I think he so there's for me. These are the stages of like me grappling with the concept. It, there's yeah. complete ignorance. There's subconscious understanding. Mm-hmm. There's conscious understanding. And then there's separately articulation. Mm-hmm. And I think like I, I used to really understand, underestimate the value of articulation and like saying it yourself. Yeah. But like as soon as like there's a moment when you cross from subconscious to conscious understanding for me, where like I'm like, ah, fuck, I have this thing that I'm not admitting to myself. Yeah. And I know it, but I don't put it to words. As soon as I put it to words, whether it's a journal or out loud, even in an empty room, mm-hmm. like it feels different. There's something psychologically yes. different. And that's kind of what happened here. Mm-hmm. Right. Zuko's been grappling with it. I think he's been sitting in conscious awareness since like Lake Lao Guy, probably, when Aya yeah. was like confront this shit. Yeah. But now is like when he's articulating it. Mm-hmm. And I think this is where he'll start to really like maybe actually start taking action on it. Mm-hmm. So you think this is going to be like next episode would be, he's like, I need to go kind of thing. I think he's gonna, well, I think one, his hairdo was different or something. What was different about longer. his hair? Getting it's getting longer. They animated mm-hmm. it longer. And I think that, I think they're symbolizing, they're using his hair to symbolize his psychological transformation throughout oh, this okay. entire show. Like the sound of that. <laughs> Very thesis-y. Yeah. yeah, so it's it's getting longer, and I think uh, maybe they do, like, one big change when he metamorphosizes into, like, from a caterpie to a, you know, mm-hmm. final form. But, yeah, I think he's actually going to start. Not, I don't think he knows what the first step would be, but, like, starting to do stuff to actually take action on, like, figuring out what do I think is right or wrong. Because mm-hmm. right now he's just been, like, toiling in his head, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe that'll look like... Mm, calling on mm, I don't think he would uh, yeah maybe he'll call off the assassin or fight the assassin but the assassin is like once I RoboCop once mm. I have assignment I must finish <laughs> even if you yeah. say not to third eye zap so you think he might defend Aang from the assassin here's gonna be a bold prediction I'm gonna say okay. he tries to stop the guy but the guy says no to Zuko and keeps on yeah. going to kill the avatar and then eventually they stop him together. And that's when they join up. And that's when they join up forces and coordinate for their fight on the on All the right. day of the 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 thing. And there's gonna be an episode around it where like Sokka's like, Are you crazy? He's the enemy. <laughs> and then uh Katara's like, Yes, but what about the thing that yeah, I he like needs his face? healing? He needs healing. <laughs> yeah. He's I changed. Look at his hair. Yeah. Blah. And then, uh, and then, uh, Toph is like, whatever you think. Yeah, Toph is like, man, 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 man. yeah. Um, I guess Toph wouldn't really. I don't think hasn't Toph really had care. that many bad experiences with with Zuko. I don't think Toph is threatened by Zuko. I don't think Toph yeah. cares about Zuko. I think, yeah, I think Toph 
What does Toph care about? Why, what's her motivation to save that, the fucking I, world? We've, like, I don't... we've discussed this in the past, and I've tried yeah. to, um, I've tried to get you to make predictions. Like, what's Toph doing next? And yeah, I feel like I have a really good idea of it, but I kind of don't want to. No, let's talk about it. Okay, I think some of the past episodes we reveal what what Toph is after, and like you've mm. said this before. Okay, her first episode, she's she. She's after is coddled. Dude. She's <laughs> just kidding. she's coddled <laughs> and she wants to like prove to herself and everyone that she can do things on her own, right? But and that's kind of like her a lot of her character is wrapped up in that. She's like I need to do yeah. things on my own, but then throughout these adventures frequently she can't do everything on her own and she needs the help of the Aang, right? Yeah. And I feel like that's part of her transformation as a character is being able to Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's trust others again. Trust, that's yeah, really trust hard community, yeah. trust her friends. Yeah, yeah. But like, if I, if I were to like, if I were to really name it, like if I were to really name her motive right now, I feel like she gives much less shit about like saving the world from like fire nation domination. Because like, I- even in a world where like Ang dies and the fire nation like takes over the world. She's okay. Her, her little world is going to be fine. You know what I mean? Like yeah. she's that jacked. That, like, mm-hmm. she's going to be able to go off in a manner somewhere. Like, the Fire Nation isn't going to bother her that much, I don't think. Yeah. Like, you mm-hmm. know, she's just such, she's just too powerful. I think she yeah. gives a shit about, like, she likes her friends, her new friends, and she likes hanging yeah. out with them. And, like, mm-hmm. she wants to help them on their mission because it gives her a sense of, yeah. like, purpose and, like, belonging. She do- Like, she doesn't feel pressed at all. I think she's just exactly. happy to, like, just be hanging out with everyone this is why i love i love that character her character so much she's mm. she doesn't she feels like she's the archetype of a character is like oh once Toph is there we're good right like we can't <laughs> lose if Toph is there and I've, Toph I've said OP. this in the past <laughs> <laughs> like she would beat almost any character we've seen in a one-on-one fight right she definitely is gonna beat zuko I don't, I don't know she would be zuko easy she's toe-to-toe with azula definitely yeah I think it would, yeah. I we think Azula's cunning, though. That's why, you know. Yeah. Like if, if it was like fair fight, I think it, it, Toph would still win out in a hair. Yeah. But Azula feels like she seems like she's faster, and her lightning thing is fucking legit. Yeah. But like mm-hmm. if if Azula set her mind to like kill Toph, I think like she would be oh, really okay, conniving yeah. about it, right? And like right. use her blindness to fuck her over yeah. or something. Good point. Good point. Let's go into our favorite parts. Yep, yep. Favorite? Oh, holy shit! We we're only on that. Okay. Yeah, um, we're only there. <laughs> I really liked Azula kind of shitting on Tylee for a second, and then being like, "Yep, ah, you know what? It's because I'm jealous. And I I kind of yeah. wish I got attention like you. Like I was boy. gonna say the same thing because yeah. you never see that out of her. Yeah, so she's vulnerable there, and I think she kind of is mature enough to understand that like I'm a big fish in a big pond, but like this is a smaller, separate, irrelevant like pond that doesn't care that mm. I'm the princess. And it's a time for me to like explore my other sides. I think she understands the subconsciously understands the value of that. And she says like, Hey, I'm jealous that you get all this attention and mm-hmm. vulnerability, vulnerability begets like help and goodness. A lot of times. And Tylee says, yeah, you should try laughing at things, even though it's not fucking funny at all. And then Tylee or yeah, Tylee goes, uh, Hey there, sweet sugar stuff or something <laughs> like how you're liking the party. And then she fucking like ha 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 laughs, and everyone at the they party give her is, the same l- smile, open yeah. mouth smile as they gave to Judy. It's oh like yeah, the yeah, creepy, yeah, 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 super good. And then she, 
I really like that she um she's so fearless that she's been in, she's been in fights with the Avatar and she fucking literally conquered the capital like the Earth Nation capital, mm-hmm. but like still is like a little bit like shy about like the fact that she likes the Chad guy. Yeah, yeah, and she also likes the Chad guy, which is funny. Uh huh. Yeah. Chan and Ron John. Chan and Ron John are Chan, their names. Chan the Chad. Yeah, those names are fucking great. Chan and yeah. Ron John, so good. Ron, Ron um, John is like classic. That's like yeah. where the American thing comes in, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Which Ron is like John. Asian, but yet still like beach town vibes, you know? Because it's like that that movie Don John. Yeah, the, exactly, uh, exactly. Gordon Levitt movie. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly, same same trope. But she's still true to her Azula way. She goes up to Chad Chan or whatever Ron John and says like, "Hey, I'm ready for that tour of the house now." Mm-hmm. As the chat is like chatting up another girl, which mm-hmm. is like, that feels very true to Azula. Yeah. Yeah. Got all the confidence in the world. Yeah. 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 It's like, Hey, I, I'm open to being hit on now. Hit on me. Yeah. And then they go to a patio. Chad guy says something about like, Oh yeah, this place is nice. If you like sand, she laughs. Mm-hmm. He goes, she, yeah. And like, he's like, welcome yeah. to Sandland." <laughs> she totally keeps on laughing. On yeah. And then she says, Oh, I like your arms. They're really, they look really strong. And then they smooch. And then she goes into her weirdo psycho, like, and we'll be the strongest couple ever. And we'll have total world domination. And like the guy's like, anime uh, moment. what the fuck? Yeah. 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 Very anime moment. Like blank face, bird flying behind him. Um, mm. Dot, dot, dot. And he's like, uh, I gotta go. Um, I think that whole sequence is, was my favorite of the whole, yeah. whole thing. I, I, another Azula moment that I really liked, where she was like staring deep into the fire pit when they were trauma bonding. And she goes, uh, like my mother never loved me as much as Zuko. She thought I was a little monster. I mean, she was right, but it still hurt. Like, yeah. She knows <laughs> that was good. She knows herself. Yeah. Knows herself. Yeah. Yeah. I think she does know that she's like, I don't think she's ashamed of the fact that she like, <laughs> is a psychopathic, like military climber, like, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, that's she's what, proud of that. That's what she is, but like, yeah, yeah, that's what she should be if she's in that society, I guess. Mm-hmm. I liked the assassin's hawk. It just yeah, it kind of looks like a really bad vulture or like a uh, a California condor. A California bald condor, head, really, really wide wingspan. Oh, state yeah, bird, yeah, yeah, you yeah, better yeah, yeah. state bird. Yeah, but it's less. Its face is less ball sacky than than a regular vulture. It, it did have like somewhat. Somewhat of a bald face, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, is the California condor the state bird? Yeah, that's what I just said. No, I know, but like I didn't. That and, there's multiple. I think oh, it's okay. that, and also the California quail. Quail. Yeah. Who says you can have multiple state birds? It is California. A lot of states have multiple state birds. That's. Uh, I think it's maybe a protected. I don't know. I just personally like the California condor. Yeah. Anyway, those are my favorite parts. What are your favorite parts, bro? All right, favorite parts. The initial confrontation with the assassin was really cool. And what I really liked about it is they took out the music. And I think oh, that yeah. added to the intensity of it. Oh, dude, I didn't even realize until right? you said that it was silent. It's just boom. And then they just get up and like what like Toph gets up and she's like kind of she everyone gets blown back except for her, of course, because she's jacked as hell. And yeah. she stands her ground and like puts throws some rocks at him. It just goes boom. No music. Azula runs up, tries to like water bend at him. Boom. And then there's a bunch of steam. No music. And I love yeah. that intensity there because that I think 
further makes this villain yeah really compelling and threatening i think it's uh, the first the time show the really show. doesn't do that first time yeah. in the show where they've animated oh dude i'm just kind of scrubbing again she there's this shot of him like like sucking in his diaphragm right before mm-hmm. he shoots out of his eye yeah which mm-hmm. i really like that touch mm-hmm. those little details what makes the show man like yeah, yeah everyone yeah. gets blown back except for her because she's fucking jacked yeah 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 she is so jacked dude She's not getting thrown off her feet. That's her thing. And then I love the shot of uh, like when they first get to the beach, this shot of Ty Lee when she like flings her hair back and like all the guys are like providing the shade for her and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like a sexual awakening moment for like boys across the United States. Dude, it was very anime. (laughs) Yeah, dude, for real. It was a very uh, uh, beach episode and anime beach episode. Like, yeah, like they did a nod to the fan service episode. Exactly. And that's what I want to get into a little bit. Uh, and I don't know if this is a thesis or not, but I'm just going to say this is definitely an anime beach episode. And because the most important part is that when they are arriving on the boat, Ty Lee says, I can't wait to go to this beach where nothing is going to happen. And that is a direct reference to every anime beach episode. Right? <laughs> so it's 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 setting you up for that. Yeah, 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 yeah. What is an anime beach episode? If you guys don't watch anime, I'm sure many of you do. Usually what happens is like after a big conflict is resolved, you'll have a few more episodes. Sometimes like the finale of an anime will end like three episodes before the end of the season. And then (laughs) there'll be like two or three left. Then they just kind of fill it up with whatever. Or like the, the beginning of the season, they set up the stakes and then yeah. they're like four or five episodes in. It's like, all right, let's do it. Let's do this. The beach it's like episode a, it's like is like this palate cleanser built in to yeah, exactly, yeah. and it's purely fan service, right? Like you know, yeah, yeah. they're like, all right, everyone wants to see these anime titties, and then finally they go to the beach <laughs> and they take off their clothes, and you get to see their their little waifu bodies, right? <laughs> everyone loves that. Nothing happens in the. And I can point to like several different animes that have this episode. Yeah. Where the, there will be multiple shots of, of like, all right, let's do this, and they're playing volleyball, and there's the thing where it like, fr- there's like a, it's not animated, it's just freeze frame, and then there's like the sound, and it's them doing that, and they're like boobs are like jiggling, and it's like very over the top sexualized, yeah. yeah, fan service, and then there's gonna be like a very not important plot thing that happens, they have to do something or save someone, and then it ends, and there's zero character development. That is what a beach episode is supposed to be and this episode flips on its head it sets you up as all right we're going to the beach we're gonna put on the bathing suits zuko takes off his shirt and you see his abs tylee yeah. you get the shot her like again her titties are everywhere but then ironically this episode has like a ton of character development for all these characters that you thought were gonna be these two-dimensional side characters that have yeah. nothing to them come for and the that's why i really like this episode what? Stay, come for this fan service. Stay for the the therapeutic character development. And I think this is like the shining beacon, best ever beach episode of like any anime because it does that. And no other anime is brave enough for that or wow. willing to do that, I should say. Yeah, no, that's not that's not what they're trying to do in those shows. No. <laughs> <laughs> you would get a fan fan outrage. Yeah. Why I don't want to make character me grow. development. Why are you trying to make yeah. me grow? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just want slow motion. You know, they're playing volleyball. 
they're swimming yeah. they're laying on the beach right yeah that's all that's all it is anyways i have a fun little thesis that i'd like to share do you want to do that about or do you want to do do you have any dislikes I feel oh like dislikes li- yeah okay let's go dislikes yep yep uh you go first oh i thought it was a little silly that and got caught like those fire nation guards saw ang <laughs> like I, I feel like they should be more careful but you know it, i think yeah. that's me being nitpicky yeah mm. they would have theoretically they should have scouted out the island a little bit more yeah and they're also kids you know another th- another detail about that mm. in previous seasons the fire nation soldiers had sort of like a same face yeah, sort of yeah. thing yeah now even these characters that kind of one off they they're yeah. more distinct looking right these two yeah, guards yeah 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 well yeah. i think i think that they i think you put, you talked about this before where like before fire nation they were just stormtroopers yeah you know they were they were kind of like not humanized yeah i think one it makes sense because they're they're like off uh their own soil mm-hmm. right they're these hardened soldiers that are very replaceable mm-hmm. conceptually but now, like, I think because the show is trying to, like, say something about the nature of war, like, nice. they want you to, they want yeah. you to, like, feel the humanity of, like. Yeah, these are just some. Yeah. Some, like, these are kids, you know, they're, like. Interns. Yeah, they look pretty young. Yeah. And it's, like, they're probably just paid to sit around all day by the Fire Nation. Yeah. And, and also, like, this is behold. what they're supposed to do. Yeah. You know, like, oh, you're a good boy. Like, go fucking work for the national yeah. military, you know. Exactly. Dislikes for me. I re- again, I really like this episode. I can't really. It's a good one. Um, I like the. I like this is a like. I like that the, uh, the two grandmas, like <laughs> the portrait of them butt to butt. That, that was, was so funny, and funny they bit. like they have like saggy. Yeah, boobs. <laughs> they really <laughs> made it a point to animate that. Yeah, <laughs> they're like, hey, we animated this. Please, like, look at it. It's a bit. Yeah. I was yeah. Like, okay, dude. Okay, Nickelodeon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like those characters. Yeah, I don't have that much to say negatively about this episode. Again, all I right, let's great. go on to the theses. Let's do it. Let's do it. I have a fun thesis for you. Uh huh. Let's talk about it. Yep, yep. My thesis is that homeschooling sets kids up for a sheltered life in adulthood. That's not bogus. That's a that's a HuffPo article. <laughs> But how does that how does that connect to this episode? I don't know. You tell me, Eli. Okay. Azula, right? Yeah. She's she's royalty. She spent her whole and honestly for that matter, Zuko. Yeah. They're not very good at socializing, right? They No. They grew up in their palace behind the walls training with their people who are close to their parents. Yeah. And they're they're good at impressing people. They're good at impressing their parents, uh, impressing uh, these two old crones. But the second they get dropped into the real world, yeah, they're the outsiders. Yeah, they yeah, don't know yeah. how to behave. They don't know what it's like to talk to ordinary folks. Zuko has had to learn this the hard way in season two. Right, right, right. And right, again right. here in season three. And it's seemingly like Azula has never done this. She's never been outside in a non-military capacity to like yeah. socialize yeah 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 so that's my thesis it's a good thesis and it's like you can tell that like 
Azula gravitates to the volleyball thing because she's familiar with the language of mm-hmm. competition mm-hmm. and she knows how to climb back to the top of the hierarchy through that. But mm-hmm. she doesn't, she's frustrated because she doesn't know how to be at the top of the hierarchy of just sitting around at the beach where no one knows her. Mm-hmm. But she is cunning and she is smart enough that like, she just like learns the tactics from Ty Lee. Yeah. Which works for a second and then right, work. Right, right, right. What's your thesis? Okay, I'm going to take your kind of homeschooling thesis and kind of like okay. project my own thing into it. I think okay. that travel, hmm, hmm, moving, one must leave, one must leave their birth community. One must leave their community to find themselves, truly find themselves. Okay. Talk more. Yeah. So I think like this episode does a really good job of like, Hey, we're going to remove all this like context, this like title, this who you are lineage wise and like your, your role in the country and place you into this Petri dish where you're just a 15 year old kid Mm. on a beach amongst other 15 year olds. And let's see how you survive. Right. Because like Mm. you go to any school, you go to any beach like that. It's like you can see the kind of the vying for like the social hierarchy thing happening. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think like it tests them. I mean, that's the whole point of the episode and what the ladies talk about is like it washes away everything and makes you figure out who you are and mm-hmm. what you gravitate to and what you like and what like what your true character is. And I think uh, what I'm drawing from that is like if you've just been a princess all your life and like you've been granted this like injected, like you just inherited the ability to be like confident. Mm-hmm. Can you really... Is that you or did you, did you earn that? Like, can you do that if you had to build yourself from the ground up in a different country? Zuko had to do in like Zuko alone and all that stuff. Yeah. And I think connecting that to the real world, like I think moving schools a bunch for me, like that really brought that out in me. Mm. I think traveling to different countries kind of is always helpful for me to like reset to figure out like what my values are and what I care about because it's easy to just soak up. When I'm in New York, I care more about my career. When I'm in LA, I care more about my mental health and like how I look. Yeah. Like I'm more vain, you know, like I'm very mimetic. It's it's like who, who you are. I've, I've had very similar experiences, especially with traveling alone. Mm. You go somewhere and you say, who is this? Who is this character that I'm playing? Who is this? Eli. Right. Yeah. And you don't have, you like, whether you like it or not in your everyday life, you are putting on, you're playing a character. And as soon as you, you can remove yourself from all the context, all of people knowing you, people perceiving you in a certain way that you're used to and you go somewhere yeah. else, which character am I now? How yeah. can I pull that character out now? And which one do I, shall I choose from or do I make a new one? Right. Yeah. 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 These are less bogus theses. My mind feels less of a bogus thesis and more like a, something I want to talk to my therapist about. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> but, well, how know, do we, still valuable. Tell me how, tell me how uh, we're going to connect that to the episode though. What's the, so what? So, so for this what, episode? Peter? Well, for Zuko, it's clear, right? It's like if you remove what's been the expectations of who you are and who you should be, if you remove what's been placed upon you by your family and your country, in your, if you self-generate your purpose and how you're going to carry on life to be not conflicted and angry at yourself, mm-hmm. who is that person? Yeah. And how, how will you act on it, even if it means that you piss off your dad? Mm-hmm. You know? So yeah. I guess that's the so what? I like it. I accept it. 
<laughs> Zuko does too now, but we'll see. We'll see yeah, we'll in see. the next episode, which is also a really, really good one. I can't wait to watch it. One Ooh. of my favorites. Yeah. Another one of my favorites. But with that being said, I think it's time to thank our sponsor. Yeah. Thank you, sponsors. Who are, who's our sponsor for today? Our sponsor for today is Airbnb. 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 Yeah. Fire or emblem. What, Ember, Ember Island. Ember Island Airbnb. Airbnb. They have, you'll, you'll show up at Amber Island, have a great time, make sure to follow the rules or else we're giving you a bad rating, and then at the end, you get to pay $200 for a cleaning fee. Airbnb. The, the, <laughs> yeah. The, another good, <laughs> this just came to mind. Another good sponsor would be uh, um, White Lotus. Ember Island. <laughs> White Lotus, Ember Island. That's that's where they were. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. You know that? Man, I song? can't wait for season three. Of course. Yeah. It's good. Of course. I loved good. both seasons. Yeah, so good. good. <sighs> I, I would like to see a White Lotus, Ember Island. Wouldn't yeah, that be fun be, to have these characters on a show like White Lotus? Yeah. It's like, oh, someone killed the something. And mm-hmm. then, you know, they got to do a little murder mystery. Not a murder mystery, but like, you know. For the viewers, it's a murder mystery, I guess. Murder mystery. At, but the murder ha- doesn't happen until the very end. Yes. If you guys haven't seen it, check it out. Check out Airbnb. And thank you, viewers, for tuning thank in you. yet again to another episode of Avatar The First Viewing. We will see you next time. Stay safe. Be well. Leave us a review on Spotify or Hello? Apple Podcasts. And I think that's all I got for you. Peter, why don't you leave them off with some words of wisdom? For real though, take take like a trip to the beach. Take a take a day trip with some friends. There's nothing like good conversation looking into a bonfire. Something about it brings out mm-hmm. good, real, vulnerable conversation. 